0: Hey everyone, welcome back to the Giants Nation podcast. I'm your host Justin Roman, and guys, um, guys, I'm gonna be doing another list. Uh, I'm gonna be doing another list with you guys today, um, and guys, this list will be including um, the best and the worst signings. Uh, from the New York, uh, from the New York Giants in free agency since 2018. So, without further ado, let's get right into it. Um. So, uh, here we go. Um, I want to start with the worst signings first. Uh, worst. So here's a uh, worst signing number one. Um, it's very obvious. Um, number one, um, the fir- uh, the w- worst signing number one. Uh, it's clearly wide wide receiver uh, Kenny Galladay. Um, you know, look, we definitely understand Gutelman's reasoning for signing Kenny Galladay at the time, as the Giants were in desperate need of a number one wide receiver. At the time, this guy was only two seasons removed from a, a Pro Bowl appearance, in which he caught 65 passes for 1,000, uh, 1,190 yards, and 11 touchdowns. Despite this, we look at—I don't think the signing could have gone worse for the Giants, as not only was Galladay not worth the money he was being paid, but he was arguably one of the worst players at, at his position. In the entire NFL. Remember, the Giants gave him a four-year deal worth 72 million dollars. In two seasons with the Giants, Galladay only caught this forty-three passes for only six hundred and two yards and one touchdown. It was like it was almost as if one of the monsters took away Galladay's talent, like in Space Jam. Galladay, you know, this guy never got on track and he was on the sidelines for the majority of year two. You know, in his infamous second season, this guy caught just six passes in 12 games while dropping four in the process. You know, watching him on the field a few times he was allowed on it, it was just sad. Especially when he, especially when you consider how fun of a player he was to watch in Detroit. So... He's, uh, he, uh, he's number one. That's, um, that's, uh, worst signing number one. Um, here's worst signing number two. Um, I got offensive tackle Nate Soldier. Um, look, similar to Kenny, similar to the Kenny Galladay signing. I do understand why Gutterman would want to send a big-time contract toward an offensive tackle, but making Nate Soldier the highest-paid offensive lineman of all time is just hilarious in hindsight. Now, um, right off the bat, uh, fans knew this signing wasn't going to pan out. As in, you know, his first season with the team, this guy allowed seven sacks and 33 total pressures. While this wasn't even close to the worst season he'd have with the team, it's safe to say Nate Soldier already wasn't worth what he was being paid. A four-year, $62 million deal for this guy? Yikes! You know, things got even worse in 2019 and 2021. Soldier followed up his 2018 season by allowing 11 sacks and 56 pressures and opted out of the the, uh, COVID-ridden 2020 season, which is understandable, but still not good. Then in his final season, you know, fans thought things would get better with Soldier shifting over to right tackle, the easier position to play compared to the left side. However, it arguably got worse as he would allow six sacks and 36 pressures in 2021 before his contract would eventually expire. Now, look, not only are these two moved worse since 2018, but they are, you know, they are easily the worst in Giants history. To make things even funnier, you can make the, you can, anyone can make the argument. That these are some of the worst signings in NFL history. These two signings will be what define Gettleman's tenure as Giants GM for the rest of history. So that's worst signing number two. Now let's get to the best signings. Best signing number one. Um, uh, it's very obvious to say the best signing um, was getting linebacker Bobby Okereke from the Indianapolis Colts. Look in the in his second in his second off season with the team, Joe Shane. You guys know how much of a big fan I am of this guy. Joe Shane has shown Dave Gutterman how it's done. Obviously, Bobby Okereke hasn't played for the Giants yet, but the fact that he's making just ten million dollars a season for what he brings to the field is just a great deal. Joe Shane made quite the splash in inking Okereke for you know formally of the Colts to a four-year $40 million contract you know um last season with the Colts you know this guy racked up 148 combined tackles and two forced fumbles alongside this Okereke was also incredibly solid in coverage at the very least uh, being a massive improvement over what the Giants had at linebacker last season the Giants linebackers were terrible to watch throughout uh, 2022 for Joe Shane not You know, to not only address a position of dire need, but to do so with a value signing on a relatively young young player almost completely blows everything, uh, uh, blows anything Dave Gutterman did out of the water already. Honestly, this signing could take the top spot by the end of this upcoming season if Bobby Okereke plays well enough. You know, this guy is entering the new you know Okereke is entering the new season with high expectations. He received. You know, this guy received plenty of interest during his free agency, uh, but he prioritized and moved to New York to play for the Giants. The 2023 season could turn out to be a, you know, this this season could turn out to be a memorable one uh, for the young linebacker. So that's uh that's um, the best um that's the best signing for uh to me uh number one. Uh, best signing number two. Um, I would say, um, this is going to be interesting. But uh, best signing number two. I got cornerback Adoree Jackson. Look at for Dave Guttman. I feel like the best signing he made during his tenure was by far Adoree Jackson. Don't get a look at. Don't don't get me wrong. This was and you know and still is a great move. Uh, because not only. Is Adore Jackson on a pretty good deal, but he has been one of the few consistent members of the Giants defense since joining the team in 2021. Now, um, Adore Jackson, who signed a three-year $39 million contract, like this guy may not be a Pro Bowl caliber corner, but he has been more than suitable enough to m- to man the number one cornerback spot for the Giants over the last two seasons. And he likely earned himself a nice extension to remain with on New York beyond the 2023 season. You know, um, they've got, look at, I get it. They've got him and did a lot of bad things during his time as the Giants GM. But we're very thankful. But look at, All of us, including me. You know, we're very thankful that he made the smart decision to sign um, Midori Jackson. Without him, the 2022 season could have played out very differently, as we saw how poor the Giants' secondary looked when the Dory Jackson was out with injury. He is also expected to have a strong showing in 2023. And yeah, guys, um, those are my um, those are my um, my best and worst signings. Uh, for the New York Giants in free agency since 2018. Let me know how you guys feel about, uh, my, um, let me know how you guys, let me know how you guys feel about my list of the best and the worst signings for the Giants. Obviously, um, obviously free agency is still going on, but those are my, that's, oh, those are all the players that I, those are, you know, this is just, um. This is, you know, this is just from my own thinking. You know, um, I thought, I think these were, I thought the two, I thought the two worst signings that uh, by this organiz- organization was getting Nate Soldier, was the signing of Nate Soldier and uh, Kenny Galladay. And the best signings I thought of the Giants, you know, uh, was signing Dory Jackson and signing Bobby Okereke, you know, um, so yeah. Um, those are my two, those are my, those are my two worst and two best signings by the Giants this far. Let me know, let me know how you guys feel about, uh, these signings. Um, and yeah, uh, like I said, guys, I'll keep you guys updated for more Giants news. Um, but until then, guys, I am out. Peace.